Today I will believe and confess that Jesus Christ was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you now thanking you for your goodness, Heavenly Father, for your grace, your mercy. There is none like you, Heavenly Father. And Lord, we come submitting our way to you. Father, we recognize that in the light of everything that goes on on this earth, good, bad, or indifferent, Father, you are good. And Lord, we thank you again for allowing us to be found in the house of the Lord. Thank you for each person that is here with us, whether physically or online. And Lord, we ask, God, I pray right now that this word that goes forth, Heavenly Father, that, Lord, it would be seasoned in your love and praise. Lord, we thank you right now for everyone that is here, those that are on their way. And Lord, we thank you again for all that you do and have done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, um, so today's message, the title of today's message, excuse me, title of today's message is, Our God is Still Good. Our God is Good. Our God is Still Good. So, you know, as I was uh, preparing for this, I was just thinking about, you know, things that have taken place uh, in 2023. We're in 2024. In fact, we are almost... Uh, in December of 2024, as you all are aware. So we still have 11 months and three days, or 48 weeks and two days, or 338 days, or 8,112 hours left in 2024. So the things that happened last year, the things that happened at the beginning of this month, those things are done. Those things have moved on. Our God is good. He has granted us the opportunity to be here. And I just wanted to make certain that we understood that, one, God is good. And I think everybody here in the house knows. I think that everyone that, um, I think that everyone uh, recognizes who God is that's in here, as I can see. And for those that are watching, if you don't, you need to know that God is good. So right now, what I want to do it's going to take a little time to do this. I want everybody, if you have your Bible, if not, they'll put it up. I think I gave them that. Um, we're going to go to Psalms chapter 34, and we're going to read the whole verse because that, that scripture, uh, that psalm, it basically preaches my sermon. Uh, psalm 34, if you have your Bibles, let's get there. When you get there, say amen. That, what did I say? Did I say Psalm 34? No, I'm sorry. 37. Thank you back there. Psalm 37. I'm going to give you a second. When you get it, say amen. And we're going to go ahead and get into it. And I'll try to read it as quickly as I can. But if you, as we're reading, if you can listen to this, and even after the message, if you go back and read it, it just tells you who God is for those that know him. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. 
Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall, evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their, short, their sword shall, not in, shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke, shall, the, shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth, and payeth not again. But the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Lost my spot here real quick. Thank you. Eyesight not as good as it used to be. Let's go. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land, and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous, and, seeth to, and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord, and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Amen? So here we see God talking about all these things, the righteous not being forsaken, see his seed not begging for bread, all of these things that God will do, seeing the wicked cut down before you as they try to put a sword in you, the, bow, the sword is bent back at them. As they bend their bow, their bow goes back to them. All of those things God wants to do for all of us. The Bible says that it is God's will that all men be saved. Now, all of that that we just read, it has 
some, um, has some hooks in it. You know, he talks about those things for those that are righteous, the righteous man, those that are perfect in their ways. So it's incumbent upon us to meet God so that all of these things fall upon us because the opposite is true as well. You know, God wants all men to be saved. All men will not be saved because they will not turn to him. They will not turn to him and allow him to, in, to perfect our heart. And it is in that heart that we experience God's goodness. You know, he, he said he'll give us the desires of our heart. All of those things he will give to us, but it is in our heart where we experience the goodness of God and we know that God is still good. As I mentioned about 2023 and 2024, you know, there's something that's interesting when it comes to uh, uh, time. And we'll talk, we'll see a little bit about that later on. But we recognize this, that in time, man can go 40 days without food. He can go three days without water. I think the record for holding your breath is about eight minutes. You can go eight minutes without air. But we can't go a single second without God. Now, that may sound cliche, but at the end of the day, we can't. And this is for every man, good, evil, in between. He's the upholder of life. That that's, shows the goodness of God. Even the faithless, the agnostic, the one that says that you can't prove that, he isn't, that there isn't a God, the atheist that says that there is no God, None of them cannot exist without him. And so many times people will say, well, I don't believe in God because of all of these bad things that are going on. Or I don't believe in God because in the word of God, he goes through and he kills all these people. Who wants to serve a murderous God? Well, hold on. God doesn't wake up. God is not like some gangster or some mob boss where he just wakes up and says, kill these people, just knock them off. He doesn't operate like that if we see things that happened in the Old Testament. There was always a reason when God told his people, you got to get rid of these people because it's no different than the flood. At some point, the fullness of sin came up and God was like, this isn't, this isn't good for my people. So he wants, to protect, he wants to protect all people, and he does. But at some point, you know, as we saw in the Old Testament, Molech, you know, people sacrificing their baby and putting it on a burning statue to kill it, so which is better? Does God allow people to kill their babies? And, and it's not like they did this one day. This is over a time of maybe 400 years that this was going on. He gave them time. It's not like he just woke up and said, okay, away with these Amorites or whoever it was. He didn't do that. He gave them time. He's gracious. He's a good God, even to those that don't believe in him. And so even as, we, as, as time went on, and it came to a point where God had to do something because at some point it would just overtake the whole earth. So there was, there was a reason behind what God does. And even though, you know, God has given us this word for us to understand him, at some point we have to recognize that we're not going to know every, every, every little thing about God and exactly how he does it and so on and so forth. However, we can recognize that, one, he is good, and that he has the best intentions for those that serve him, for his children. Amen? Amen. So our God, our God is merciful, guys. He is. He's merciful, and uh, he's done so much for all of us. If we stopped and took a moment 
and reflected on the goodness of God in our own lives, I would like to think that all of us, if we really, really thought it through, and some of us have gone through worse stuff than others. I, I'll, I'll say for myself, I probably haven't been through as much as most. However, for those that have gone through a lot, if they really were able to dissect it and connect the dots with God in there, you would have to come to the conclusion that God is good. He's good. The fact that we are alive here, even those, I, I have a cousin of mine that's dealing with some health issues, and when she starts complaining and talking about things, I sit there and I listen, and we complain together for a while, but we always come to the conclusion, she and I, that God is good, that, that he has kept her here for a reason, he's kept you here for a reason, and we know that, that God is good. I, I, I want to find this right quick. So God, God has, um, God has, has taken us to a place, guys, where in this year, and I'm not making a declaration of anything, but I think he, he's going to show his goodness in many, many ways, in many, many fashions, I believe, for those that are seeking him. And what, what do you mean, Brother Chris, that God's going to? There are things that are going on, and I'll start with myself, in my life, that I sense God already pushing me towards. There are things that have happened, and I won't go into detail, but there are things, and I'm not talking so much about material things right now, and maybe that'll be the case for you or whoever's watching, but there are many things that have happened in my life just this year that a year ago, or maybe two months ago, or six months ago, that if it happened to me right now, I probably would have just totally came unglued. I, I know that. God wants us to seek him in a way where regardless of what people say about him, about the station that you're at in your life, that we recognize. You know, we're human beings. We recognize that God is good. We're humans. We have flesh. You know, there are things that go on around us that are going to upset us, that will maybe bring us down, some things that will bring us up. But we always have to recognize and subscribe everything that happens to us and the direction that God is taking to us. If we are seeking him, if we are, you know, trying to cleave to him, hold on to him, and, and, and recognize that he's bringing us to a place where the little, the little foxes don't matter as much. You know, it says the small foxes are the ones that destroy the vine. But it's those things that God wants to bring us through. He's going to take us through those things if we hold fast. No matter, how high, no matter how high food prices get, gas goes up, natural disasters, whatever goes on, it's his will, and he wants to take us to a place where we recognize his goodness. Now, I'm going to give a couple examples of what God did. Let's go to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. And I have a, a number of uh, scripture that I want to go through, so I probably won't tarry too long in them. So Joshua chapter, chapter 10, verse 12 through 13. This is our God, and this is the God here. Chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. This is our God that manipulates time, okay? So we see here where Joshua then spake. I'm going to go ahead and start reading. Joshua then spake to the Lord, 
in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon the Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. So this is the God that we serve. I just want to show you how the goodness of God comes forth through and in his people. So Joshua, a man just like us, talked to God in a battle that he knew God was given to him. And he asked God to keep the sun still and the moon. Now, if you read down a little bit further in verse 14, it says, There was no day like that before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. So if you're running late for work, don't ask God to hold the sun and the moon, because he's probably not going to do it. So it says that in, in, in verse 14. However, we recognize that the power of God is beyond comprehension. We recognize that God has given us laws. He's given us this word to govern us and to show us his character. But nothing, nothing is impossible for God. So here we see that Joshua asked him to do a thing, and he did it. Not that same God, as we see in verse, four, as we see in, in verse 13, he'll fight for you. That's the God that, that we have. As we read in Psalms uh, 37, this is the same God. He said he'll fight for us. He'll make sure that the battles that we're supposed to win, we win. Those battles that we're not supposed to win, you know, or, or shouldn't be in, those are probably the ones that we are not going to win. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to help us in those situations. But God is good. He fights for us all the time. And when it's not time for us to fight, he wants us to be still and know that he is God and that he is good. Let's go to... We're talking about the goodness of God here. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 5. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 5. You can go there with me and say amen once you get it. Amen. amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and read this. So here we see uh, Isaiah comes to Hezekiah and tells him basically, man, get your house in order. God about to take you out of here. So Hezekiah goes and he cries and he weeps to God. And he, he tells God, he says, remember, you know, remember how I walked before you, how I was perfect before you. And God then changes his mind. So let's read and see what, what happens here. He says, turn again, he's talking to uh, Isaiah, and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee on the third day. Thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days 15 years, and I will deliver thee in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city. Why? For mine own sake and for my, and for my servant David's sake. Amen. So here we see that we have a God that extends life. God wants us to live, you know. He, he, he talks about who the adversary is and who Jesus is. You know, uh, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, I tell you what, if Hezekiah was around, he could tell you 
that God gave it to him abundantly, another 15 years, because God had a purpose for Hezekiah being around. He initially said, Isaiah, tell him I'm taking him out of here. It's, you know, he's sick unto death, it says. But then he turns around after Hezekiah petitions him and gives him another 15 years. And so he says, why? Why? Because I'm standing up here right now, and I'm telling you guys about the goodness of God right here. He says right here, I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. For us to recognize that one, God is good. He's a defender of, our, of, of, of us. He extends life. And this isn't the only instance where God extended life. Remember uh, Lazarus? He's gone for, in the, in, in the uh, tomb for three, four days, three days. And God came and raised him back to life, even after he was dead, which to me was more miraculous than this. However, God was going to do what he was going to do. He was going to take Hezekiah out. But he said, for his sake, so many times God's goodness comes upon us because of God's sake. But then also, God's goodness comes upon us many times for, by the sake, for, the, for, the, for our sake, but because of what others may have done. He said, for my servant David's sake, was why he did this. So many times there are people that are praying for us or that prayed for us, and those prayers are still being answered. When things go wrong, I, and, you know, I, I probably talk about this too much, uh, I think God is, is dealing with me uh, in a way that uh, I definitely appreciate it. But I remember when I was a kid, you know, sometimes as parents we have, we know things that, uh, about our children. And so we may talk about a thing or see those things. And we, I'm sorry, not talk about a thing. We may see things in our children, and we recognize the good, and we recognize the not so good, right? And some of those things are just innate or maybe how you were grown, born or, or the, the, the environment that you grew up in. Probably for my sake, it was probably just my perspective on things. And I remember as a child, my mother just praying for me about being angry. You know, just getting angry about stuff. I used to play with Legos. I was a, a, the king of Legos. Man, I could build anything. Cars and, you know, statues and just, I would even build my own little toys and I'd play with them. Well, I have a brother that sometimes, man, he'd just walk by and he'd just kick him. And, man, I would just get hot. I would, ah, you know, I'd get upset. I couldn't beat him up. So, I, you know, that would make me even, make me even angrier because he was bigger and stronger than me, right? So I would get upset about those little things. So, you know, you keep doing that and you don't check it. Sometimes those things can go a little bit further than they need to go, right? So I remember my mother, and I, it, it, it was kind of strange to me at that age, you know, being eight or nine or whatever, and hearing her pray about me being angry, you know. And, and she wasn't so overt about it. She was a little covert, but I knew she was talking about me and my anger. But I'm glad that she has. And we all, you know, there's anger. We all get angry at times. But sometimes you can take it too far. And I probably was that guy could take it too far. And so I do believe that the things that are taking, that are transpiring in my life now, things that my mother prayed about many, many years ago, way back then, though they're having an effect on, on me because I believe that my mom, you know, she love, loves God, that you know, that she, she prayed effectively. It says uh, the prayers of a 
the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man. She's not a man, she's a woman, but, you know, it's talking about human beings, that, that they availeth much. I do believe that I'm not in jail because of her prayers, that there were times that I went off and I just went too far. And other than the intervention of God for my mom's sake, but for my sake as well, and also just the fact that he does not want his people caught up in those things. I was angry, but I still believed in God. I, I may not have understood at those times as I understand now, but he kept me because of his goodness, because God is still good. He gives us opportunities. He, you know, he, he's merciful beyond merciful. And it's because of those things that in 2024, we are going to experience God's goodness because we know that he is still good. And he wants us to experience his goodness. He wants us to have nice things. That, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, he wants us to prosper. But he also wants us to prosper in our spirit and our soul so that when somebody's jumping on us, you know, that when they're, they're uh, tearing us apart and all this stuff, that we can stand there and just watch and say, hey, man, you know, it is what it is. We're going to keep moving. I'm not going to fold under the weight of what it is that you're doing because our God is good. You know, we become like, as we become more and more like Christ, we become more and more like people that, that just can't hear, that you can talk to them all day long and get on them, and they just kind of look at you because they can't hear you. It's like having your, your earpieces in. You have both of them in and somebody's talking to you. And you just keep walking because you don't know they're talking to you. You know, many of the persecutions that th those of us that believe in God and that are vocal about it or that allow people to know those things, and I'm not talking about just going out talking about God, but they see your ways. You know, the things that are not seen are more real than the things that are seen. So the spirit that you have, it it's with you all the time. It's light. So darkness always wants to overtake light, but it can't overtake you because you are light. Darkness can't exist as long as those bulbs are on. As long as that's on, it can't exist. So when you are at work or when you are out dealing with people or family or friends or whatever, the Spirit of God, when it's upon you, when everybody starts talking about the dirt and start, you know, talking in a fashion of uh, the race to the bottom and all the and you just, you're just there, and either you leave or you don't say anything, or the things that you have to say are uplifting, the devil doesn't like that. Darkness does not like that. So we have to be like those people that don't hear when things start going on and people start attacking you, because they're not attacking you. They're not attacking flesh and blood, but spirits and principalities in high places. Those are the things that are coming against you. But we always remember that God is good, and if we stand firm, those things that are happening to us when people are persecuting us, those things are credited to our account so that when we get to see God, those things will be before us. They will be presented as, as, as things that you did here on earth that we stood for God, we stood for Christ in that moment that we're not going to be torn down, that we're not going to participate like I did in wanting to get back at them. You know, we're not going to, it's not going to be vengeance is mine. It's not mine, it's his. And this is not yours or mine, it's the Lord's. So we have to learn those things and recognize God is good. We read in Psalms 37, all of those things that God will do to the wicked. Now, we're not going around looking for the wicked, but those things just happen just because of the fact that you're light. God is good. Amen? God is, is good. He's wonderful. 
and he is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter 40, and we'll talk a little bit about, uh, we'll experience a little bit about what the character of God is. And it's just a short verse, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22. And I'm going to go ahead and read it because, like I said, we've got a few more verses that I want to go through. Isaiah 40, chapter 22, it says, It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. God says that he sits on the, upon the circle of the earth. He sees everything that goes on at all the time. All the time. God is good all the time, not just every once in a while, not just when, when things are going great, God is good, and then when things are going bad, it's not. God is always good, and, 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 and I'm going to keep hammering it, I'm going to keep saying it, because he is, regardless of what goes on. You know, when things are going rough for one, they may be going great for another, and some of these things we have to have in our in our in our database, in our mind, in our head, and have the answer to those things ahead of time. Because when things aren't going good, you're not necessarily wanting to look over there and be happy for the guy or the people that things are going great for. But we also have to recognize that God has kept us. In this local assembly, we try to look after one another. We try to, we, you know, we pray for one another. And we have to know that when things are not going good, that's when, God, when we are weak, that's when God is strong. He's always interested in us and our welfare. You know, um, I, I was reading um, the other day just about people that are in ministry. And it doesn't matter if you're up here, if you're, you know, doing your own thing where you're ministering to people. I know folk that uh, they don't have a church or anything, but they, but they minister. They, they're always giving. They're always helping. They're always checking on people. That's a ministry. And if you're doing that, you don't have to feel less than or, or anything because it's not about promotion. You know, it's, it's one body. You know, there's a head, there's hands, there's all, we all have our place. But, those, but, but when, when we're ministering, we get tired sometimes. You know, there's, there's care that we're giving to people. We have to rest, and we can rest in the Lord. And God's okay with that. You know, we don't have to always be moving, moving. Now, we need to be about our business because the Bible does say that the diligent will be made fat. So we, we have to keep going. We have to keep digging. But we, have, we also need to rest and, 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 and take some time for ourselves and recognize that God wants to minister to us as well. So if you're out doing those things, you're out dealing with people, ministering to people, you have to draw back sometimes. Jesus even did the same thing. He would go out in the wilderness, and he'd get some rest. He'd, he'd you know, restore himself before he go, went back to doing all things, and Jesus was, was God himself. He left that example for us so that in our working, in our doing good, we too can be good in what we do and in our spirit as well. Let's go to, uh, to Micah chapter 7, verse 19. Micah 7, 19. So our God also, he is so good that when we do bad, and this was an issue for me, uh, and probably for some of you guys as well, that even though I had read the Bible and understood that Jesus had died for my sins, I was always concerned about, well, man, I, you know, I'd go back and pray to God about the same sin over and over. And while I'm here, 
I'm going to try to remember to get back to this. I read Micah 7.19. I said something last year, and I meant to go back and clarify this. So I'm going to do this right now while it's on my head because I'm going to forget because I, I need to be clear in my spirit and what the Holy Spirit, uh, has, how he has dealt with me. I said uh, that, so I'm taking a little PSA break here, and we're going to get back to the message. But I made a comment, and I said that uh, you can rank sin. I said that. Um, it's a dangerous statement to say I believe. Now, in my head, I still believe that you can, but I don't believe that God, God doesn't work that way. You know, as, as human beings, we rank things. You know, there's taking a cookie out the cookie jar, and then there's something that's heinous that man or that a person can do. But I want to go back and kind of unpack that a bit because by saying that, the nature of man, when we rank things, we say, okay, this is good, this is bad. As it pertains to sin, all sin will lead to death. And I think I mentioned that, but I want to unpack that as well. I think when I made that statement and the Holy Spirit arrested me on that, it's dangerous because if you keep doing little sins, those little sins are going to become big sins. And as human beings, we're creatures of habit. And so if in our mind, because sometimes we get in our mind, well, it's just, and bottle tap. I need this to do something at home. You just pick it up, put it in your pocket. It's not yours. Now, this isn't much. Maybe it's not still. Maybe you're taking it through in the trash can. That's not a sin. But anything that you take that's not yours, knowingly, especially if you're saved, the Holy Spirit convicts you of that. But if you continue to do those little things and you say to yourself in the flesh that it's not much, those things lead you to bigger and bigger and bigger things. And those little sins, too, will send you to hell. Now, there's different things, you know, where we are in life as a, a toddler when they do things that's just their sin nature at work. You know, there's rebellion bound up in their heart, folly bound up in their heart. So they're just things that they're going to do, and that's why God gives us parents to correct those things. But the danger in the statement of you can rank sin is that I think people can take that and say, hmm, well, I can do these little things, just don't do the big ones. And that's not how it works. As we do those things, we increase that nature to do sin, to sin, to sin, to sin, and that's not right. So I just wanted to come back and make sure that I said that, so it's probably not a good idea to rank sin. Sin is sin. Recognize that it's not good. And when we do, we repent. We ask God to, to help us not to do those things anymore contritely, and then we move forward. So I just wanted to say that in my little PSA there that, uh, Father, forgive me if I send anybody in the wrong way or direction. Uh, because I believe it's important that, you know, when we do do things and the Holy Spirit checks you, you need to do what he say, says to do. I didn't really want to get up here and do it, but I was like, well, I said it, so I need to go ahead and do what I need to do there. So anyway, uh, I guess if we're at Micah 7, 19, uh, you know, our, our God, God is, is, again, so good that this is what he says. And I was talking about, you know, when, when I would sin, I would worry about, you know, whether I was totally forgiven. Well, here's where in, in Micah 7.19, he says, um, he will turn again, he will have compassion upon us, he will subdue our iniquities, 
and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. So, it appears as though when we sin, God is not taking a record like I did, saying ranking sin. He's not doing that. But when, if, if it's unchecked, it's there. Those things we will be judged for. But because of Jesus Christ and the covering that he has over us, God is not going to keep that in a book of uh, remembrance because he has forgiven us. He, God, God, there's one thing God can't do. He can't lie. And so when Jesus said it was finished, when, when he did what he was done, he became that, that covering for us that when we came in the name of Jesus to God and said, Lord, I forgive me, just like I said what I said, Father, forgive me. He's not trying to remember that stuff. And so I want us to look at it like this. So let's say the whole, all of these seats are the ocean, and this is the beach. You know, usually the beach, there's some deeper beaches, but the, the, the pretty beaches like at, uh, in, in the Bahamas, I guess, or Hawaii, where, you know, you can walk out and get your feet wet, you can see down in the water and everything. God didn't say he's going to take our sins and just put them down in the beach. He said, basically, all of our iniquities would be cast out into the sea. So it would be like taking your sin and throwing it way out into the ocean and trying to find it. He says he doesn't remember those things when we come to him in the right way. So we don't have to worry. I don't have to worry. We don't have to worry because we have a God in this Bible that we serve, that has shown himself through nature, cats, dogs, people that recreate after their kind, that he is good and that he has given us an atonement for our sin, which is Jesus Christ. And so there's something to be said about that, that in every other way, you know, we don't, our, our walk is not about works. It's not about how many people we brought a plate of lunch to today. It's not about I got to call these people. How many times I pray? It's not about that. It's about the belief that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And God has made a covenant. He had an old covenant, which was the Old Testament, which spoke of Jesus Christ, especially in Isaiah. We see all the mentions of those things David did in Psalms and all over the Old Testament. That was the covenant that he gave us. And he was speaking of a new covenant that he knew that he would give us when Jesus was when, when, when Jesus came to earth and lived out his life in a perfect way. He gave us the New Testament, which doesn't, which basically the Old Testament, we don't have to do those works anymore. You know, to be clean, we don't have to. When we sit down, when I'm running and I'm in my old beat up truck and my hands dirty and I go get a hot dog and eat it, it's not a sin if I don't wash my hands. I'm not unclean. It might be unclean to do that, you know, <laughs> I'm out working and I don't wash my hands before I eat the hot dog. But I don't have to do that. I don't have to worry anymore that I'm living in sin because I eat a hot dog without washing my hands. Well, during that time, Jesus was a Jew, and he lived around people that were Jews. And that was one of the things that they had to do before they sat and ate. They had to, wash, they had to go through these rituals to keep themselves clean and right before God. The goodness of God right now, Jesus Christ is the goodness of God. The goodness of God says that we don't have to, we can live free. We're freer now than we were before we met Jesus. I'm say that again. We are freer now than we were before we met Jesus. See, the reason that we're free 
is because we're no longer bound by sin. We just have to know that, that we realize that, that we don't have to worry because God has taken that sin and thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness as long as we come and say, Father, and our heart is contrite and right, God, you are good. Father, forgive me of my sin. This is what I did. Father, I, you know, I don't know why, but I know that you have given Jesus Christ for me. And we don't live a life looking to sin to go repent. If we sin, we go repent. So, yes, we all are sinners. We're saved by grace, but we don't overwork that grace. We know that God is good, and he wants us to have all of those things in him that are good. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. Say amen when you get there. Hebrews chapter 8. Verse 12, amen. Thank you. Thank you there, Brother Douglas and everybody else that said amen. Let's go ahead and read this. It says, uh, Hebrews 8, 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith, the new covenant he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Here we see where, again, our sins, God, God is merciful even to their unrighteousness. Now, he's talking about his people, so he's merciful to our unrighteousness because he sent Jesus, because he knew we can't walk this thing out. We're not, he said, there's another verse in here, he says, none of us are good. None is good but God. So he's merciful to us even in our unrighteousness that he'll take our sins, our iniquities, and he say he's not going to remember them no more. But we just have to do it the right way. And that's what's, so it, 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 it pains, it does. It pains me sometimes when I'm talking to people or seeing people that lambast Jesus or lambast God and say what we believe is foolishness. Because it's not. And the logical thing to me is this, kind of as Paul mentioned, that if what we believe is not true, then we just fools here on the earth. If we're going to turn to dust, we're just some fools. And it don't matter because we ain't going nowhere anyway, right? But if we are, the consequences of that, it, it should make all of our hearts feel bad for those that don't know who Jesus is. Because again, the, the logic to me is, if I'm just out here talking about Jesus and people getting mad at me, it don't matter. First of all, why are you getting mad, especially in the hour that we live in, where anything goes, right? I mean, all kind of stuff. There was a situation I was... Talking, she's probably heard me talk about it three times because it just hurt my heart to see it. I won't go through all of it uh, because it's a little graphic and, and, and weird. But it just kind of, it hurt my heart that the little young man that was caught up in this situation had to go through it. But we recognize that in, in we, we recognize that God wants all of us to be saved, that he doesn't want us to go to hell because we don't believe. So it's incumbent upon us, upon each of us, to make certain that in our walk, that people that don't know God, and I'm not saying you're just walking up to people telling them about God. You can, it's not wrong. But I'm not saying that you do it that way. We all have to pray and seek God. And it's one of the things this year that, that, I've, that I've started working on, is trying to witness to more people. 
regardless of what they think about me. Because, again, if I'm, if, if, if I'm wrong, I'm just a fool in front of them. We're just going to turn to dust. You know, it don't matter. We're not going to meet God. There's no judgment. There's nothing. We're just fools, and everybody's just going to turn to dust. Or we're going to stand on that throne, and we got to give account of ourselves. We're going to stand before God on the throne, and we're going to give account of ourselves, and something going to happen, and it's going to be some separating. Sheep, y'all come on over here. Goats, come on over here. And there's a place for you because Harry and Brother Robert and Sister Sheila and Pastor Hab and all of you guys have talked to these people about who I am, and you chose not to believe. I did not make you not believe. You chose not to believe, and there's a lake of fire that you're going to experience. And so that in and of itself is so saddening to me that this year I'm purposing, as I deal with people, as the Holy Spirit gives me unction to move forward, which there is no law against doing that, to just deal with people. And, and talk to them. And you have to come up with your own way of doing that. You know, I heard a way that works for me. And it, it, it kind of gets people thinking. And again, it's not for us. We can't get any, I've, I've mentioned that before, we can't save anybody. That's, that's not our job. Our job, our purpose, if you want to know what your purpose is in life, is to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that are lost. And sometimes those that are lost are in our churches and many times are the hardest to reach. Why do I say that? As I was kind of preparing my little spiel on how I'm going to minister to people, I started thinking about myself, you know, all the way up until I accepted Jesus for myself and even beyond that time. You know, started thinking about how God good is and his goodness. But sometimes when you've been in church all your life, you start taking it for granted. It's a natural thing. You just do. Because you hear about Jesus, and you hear about Moses, and you hear the little stories and how nice they are, and God's going to do this, and God's going to do that, that you start taking this stuff for granted until that heat get on you. That heat is life, you know, when stuff starts happening that you have to deal with, right? So I started thinking, like, man, you know, there are definitely many times where I've just taken God for granted that he's going to take care of me. Yeah, he will. But there's a time that will come. You know, nighttime is coming for all of us when no man will work. So we have to recognize that God has given us this time for a purpose and that when we come before God, he's going to ask us, like the other day when I was at the gym, why you didn't minister to that dude? Why you didn't talk to him? Why you didn't share about my goodness with him? So those are things that, you know, we want to go in with full rewards. We don't want to get up there and have simple rewards burned off of us because we were fearful. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of love, one of, one of love, help me out, and a power and a sound mind. Thank you. One of love, one of power, and of a sound mind. So God, did, if you have that, you need to ask God to take that fear up off of you and help you to deal with people. And you're going to mess up. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. You're not a theologian, but guess what? The more you do it, the better you're going to get. The more you study, the more you seek to tell people about the goodness of God, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you don't have to be some theologian. You can go through, read, read a little bit each day. Try to understand it a little bit more. But God, you, you will be rewarded, and you will. I, I, I felt so good after dealing with that young man. And, and what was interesting in that, and this isn't going to happen all the time, because I have some people looking at me like I'm crazy. That's fine. I'm going somewhere. I want my rewards. 
I want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But some, when I dealt with that young man, he looked at me and he said, man, I appreciate you telling me this. He said, I, I, he said I'm going to heed what you said on this. I said, well, thank you. And I, I walked away joyous. And it's a joy that it's not like getting a new car because this joy lasts and it's compounding, and it grows. Your car going to fade away. I don't care how nice it is. It's going to get old, I promise you. All of us know our cars and stuff have planned obsolescence, but thank God for his goodness. No planned obsolescence in doing good for him. All of those rewards we can build on, and we can continue to move forward in those things. So what I want to do now, as we're getting closer to that time for us to get out of here, I prepared some scriptures and I just want to kind of go through them, and it'll be kind of somewhat, uh, maybe a little rapid fire. Um, if you have your, your Bible, you might want to, if you keep up. If not, I think they'll pop them up on the screen for us. But talking about the goodness of God, I, I want to just have these scriptures and share them with you. Uh, for those that are listening, and if you're writing them down, just, you might want to just scribble the scripture down, and you can go back and look at it later on yourself. Uh, so the first scripture is going to be Exodus chapter, 31st, uh, chapter 34, verse 6. Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. And what we're talking about here, again, is God's goodness. That's it. And, and that's all I wanted to share today was about God's goodness. And each of these scriptures is going to tell us a little bit about God and his character, which is that he wants to be good to his people. Now, goodness may come in different forms, and we'll see some of that in here. But let's go through, and I'm going to read them, and I may give a little commentary. I may not. But let's go through Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. That's Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. The next one, 1 Chronicles 16, 34. If you don't get there, it's fine. You can just write it down and look at it later. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalms chapter 25, verse 8 through 10. I just want to talk, you know, just want you to focus in on the goodness of God. And all of this applies to each of us. Psalms chapter 25, verse 8 through 10. 25, 8 through 10. God and upright Good and, I'm sorry, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Amen? Psalm 145, verse 9 through 10. Seeing God's goodness, the Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Mark chapter 10, verse 18. So all of these are talking about God's goodness and how he lavishes it upon us. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Shadow of turning means there is no darkness in him. That's the God that we serve, and that's the goodness that we see in these scriptures. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. If ye then, 
being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So we see that word good a couple times in that scripture. Psalms chapter 27, verse 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen? Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 20. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. The next one, Psalms 119, 68. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. This is the God that we serve. These scriptures speak of the God that we serve. And the last one that I want to mention, which to me is the, the, the ultimate showing of God's goodness, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 through 10. I'm not sure if I gave you that one, but I'll give, give, give you guys just a second if you want to get to it, but it's not long, so I'll go ahead and read it. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 through 10. And it says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Where is, wherein is love? Not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation or the atonement for our sins. That's the ultimate sign of goodness that God could give us, to send his own Son to cover our sins. And as it says, even though we didn't love him, he sent his own son. And I, I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I'm not sending my son for nobody. That's why God is God. I'm, I'm just not. You know, we sit here and we say, you know, we, we look at uh, Abraham and Isaac when he went up to sacrifice him. I just don't know if I'd have, I probably would have taken him up there, but it would have been very difficult for me to raise my hand with a knife in it at my son. Just think about it. Think about your own child. You know, that's why God is God. If we're truly true and honest with ourselves, anybody in their right mind, I mean, really? You're going to take a knife? Because God said it, right? And not that I'm saying that Abraham shouldn't have. He should have. I'm glad that he did because there was a lot that came out of that. But to sit here and think that that's what you would have to do and even Isaac to sit there and be the sacrifice. He could have took off running. I don't know if he could have outran Abraham at the time, but he could have took off running. So there was a lot packed into that. But this is the ultimate sacrifice. This is the ultimate goodness of God to sacrifice his son for us. Again, and I said earlier as I was speaking, this is why Jesus said it is finished. When, when, when Jesus said it was finished, that atonement, that everlasting atonement, his precious blood, that covers our sins, was there for us for all time. Now, I'm closing out, but I want to do one thing because uh, I know that we weren't here the last couple of weeks because of the uh, air, the, the uh, temperatures outside and inside. Uh, but this is kind of, uh, has, has been good for me because it has uplifted me and given me a good start to this year. But I want to do this, and I'm going to include you guys on this. We're going to try this. Now, uh, I don't know how it's going to go, but I think it's going to go good. So everybody that's over here, I'm going to say something, and then you're going to repeat it. And then everybody that's right here, 
I'm going to say something, and then I'd like for y'all to repeat it. And then everybody over here, I'm going to say something, and then I'd like for y'all to repeat it. And we're going to do that three times, okay? So if you're at home, online, you're welcome to join on in. So are we ready? Okay, so we're almost finished. Y'all can be a little bit louder. Are we ready? All right, let's do it. So God is good all the time. God is good. Louder. God is good all the time. God is good. God is good all the time. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is good. Our God is still good. He was good. He is good. He's always good. He invented these times that we are in. He's allowed it to take place. And all we need to do is recognize that there is no darkness in God. Whatever goes on, we can hide ourselves in him. He will hide us. He will keep us. God loves each of us. He loves those that have not even come to him. That's why he sent his son. So if you're listening uh, by video, you're out here and you know somebody, you need to let them know wherever they are, wherever we are in life, whatever is going on, that we must always recognize that God, is, our God is still good. Amen? Amen. Amen. 